Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me, Shane Schillerberg producing, and we are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. We're live from the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill H&H Chevrolet stage. We are efforting our friend Mike Schaefer from Husker 24-7. Uh, he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with Washington real quickly is... Ryan Grubb, their offensive coordinator, because we talk a lot about the rise of Kalen DeBoer through uh, Sioux Falls and, and his uh, meteoric rise through the coaching. It felt meteoric, but it, I mean, it, it took him, you know, almost 20 years to mm-hmm. go from Sioux Falls to the head coach at the University of Washington. Uh, but Ryan Grubb went through uh, quite the journey himself. They talked a little bit about it on the broadcast last night where he was working some, I I say civilian job, you know what I mean, some outside (laughs) of football uh, job when he was looking for any coaching opportunity that he could find when Kalen DeBoer uh, ended up calling him and getting him over to Sioux Falls as an assistant. And, um, his journey following mostly Kalen DeBoer through his different stops at Cylinder, Illinois, and Eastern Michigan, and Fresno State, and Indiana. Or I, I don't think he was actually at Indiana. Uh, at Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, and then Washington. Um, that's something that I, I think we probably need to look at deeper at some point. But for now, or we're going to... Or just give credit to. Yeah, I mean, it's just a the the willingness and the ability to continue to persevere. And... It goes to a thing that I talk about all the time, and we're going to get to Shafe here in a second. But I truly believe there is some of the best coaching that you see doesn't always happen at the Division One level. There's a ton of super high-quality coaches at the NAI level, the Division Two level, FCS level, wherever, um, and, and certainly at the high school level as well. We've seen that here in the state. Uh, but just some incredible coaching that – some of these guys just need opportunities, and we saw it with Kalen DeBoer and with Ryan Grubb. They can succeed at the absolute highest levels of college football. Uh, joining us now, he's successful at the highest levels, I think, of everything he does, mm-hmm. our guy Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7. Schaefer, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Just uh, getting back into the swing of things. It's that, that week between Christmas and New Year's, just always uh, – just different mm-hmm. you know there's i didn't do any real like <laughs> espousing on the radio anywhere i was just like talking to slider all week long giving him my thoughts <laughs> you know he was just looking at me like what are we doing here you know 
<laughs> just away. giving takes to the dogs. No, I yeah. appreciate. It. How were your holidays, Shafe? You have a good. Uh, uh, you have a good holidays. The holidays were good. The holidays were good. Um, had a uh, had an enjoyable college football playoff yesterday. That was good. This is what two years in a row where mm-hmm. where the uh, the two games were were really really good. Coming off of like a ten year stretch where none of the games were really good. So that's uh, it's nice to see. I like this trend. I was. I'm really excited for this uh, the Michigan Washington game. Like I, I know that it's what a four and a half point uh, line right now, but to me, I, I, I could see this going either way. Like I don't, I don't know that I view either team as a particularly strong guarantee to win this game. I think it matches up pretty well. I got to tell you, Shafe, all season long in big games, Washington has been overlooked. Uh, I just I can't find a way to bet against them. I, I they're they're the team that whether it's four points or ten points or fifteen points, they look like the better team when they're on the football field. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people just want to like write them off as this like fluky, cute story. And if you just go look at it, no one had better wins coming into the college football playoff than they did. I mean, you could you could argue Alabama, Georgia, if you wanted to. You could argue Michigan State, Ohio State. But they beat Oregon twice, and I think Oregon is as good as every team that's that was in the college football playoff as well. And so then they just went out and they they handled uh, Texas. So they they're going to be prepared for Michigan. I don't think it's going to be any kind of walk in the park. You see, I saw it on Twitter yesterday. There's people like, oh, they don't have a defense. Oh, they haven't played a good defense. Like, just everyone wants to be dismissive because it's not a you know, it's not an Alabama, Clemson, a Georgia. It's not a known brand team. Uh, but they play good football, and Michael Penix can spin it, man. Like that was, man, that was just a fun display. I did not. I've watched him, you know, the last couple of years, and have been just amazed at what he's done. I thought last night was like as good as he's ever looked in terms of dropping some of those passes in there. Uh, and there's definitely going to be an NFL team that is going to talk themselves into Michael Penix a lot sooner than they thought, just on last night alone. He's going to be a combine king. Like Michael Penix is is the perfect person to put in the combine just for his ability to throw the football and, and place it wherever he wants. Like with pressure, if he's able to do that, think about what he just does when, when nobody when nobody is running at him. What he just doesn't practice, just loosey goosey. This guy is going to be a combine king, and that will probably elevate where he goes in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I I he was probably for sure a first round guy anyways mm-hmm. now it's just a matter of where he's going to go uh in that first round and who's going to talk themselves into him yeah shafe you mentioned some of the best uh wins of the college football season at the time washington played them they beat number eight number 24 number 13 number 12 number five and number three in the country that's uh i think half their schedule was top yeah. 25 wins uh, several of those on the road ju- or at neutral sites. Um, just an incredible, uh, a- an incredible effort there by Washington uh, this season. You have to hope the uh, the quality semifinals this year don't lead to a similar result that we saw last year after some some good semifinals in the college football playoff. Though, I'd be pretty shocked. I just don't think a. I don't think like a runaway and hide game is going to happen here. I think I don't that either. Washington has the ability to kind of strike and stay in games, and Michigan can be slow and methodical, you know, to a fault, and that could also just keep it relatively low scoring as well. 
Shafe, I think you hit the nail on the head with something you, you tweeted out last night about the newcomers in the Big Ten because the early take was, man, I don't want to see Lincoln Riley. And now after watching Washington this season, it's become more of – is Kalen DeBoer the one that we should be worried about? <laughs> You've also got Dan Lanning on this list, though, that's coming over. You, you have Chip Kelly um, that, you know, historically has been somebody to worry about. In terms of the scariest to face, rank them one to four for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because you're only going to be able to go off of basically what their team looks like right now, and these aren't going to be the exact replicas. I mean, I think Oregon's probably the scariest overall just straight-up team mm-hmm. uh, because of the, what the recruiting and everything that Dan Lanning has going on. And then after that, like, you look at – and I think Oregon is most ready for kind of the style of the Big Ten. And that's that's sort of where this conversation, I think, is really kind of interesting because I, I don't know about you guys, but on the message boards, when this all happened, it was all – you know, USC, UCLA, and obviously that move happened first. But since we knew it was going to be all four of them, you just never heard anyone talk about Washington. And this was in the midst of a then undefeated team, a now undefeated season, uh, you know, with one game to play and they're playing for a title. And Kalen DeBoer has been a fantastic coach everywhere he's been. Like, it's it's hard to imagine that they're going to take any kind of step back because of their schedule is going to change. Now the travel, that'll be different. Uh, the weather will be a little bit different, but I just don't think like we we've done enough job talking about what Kalen DeBoer can bring to that conference too. Like that is not an easy offense to defend, and it's only going to get better the more time he's able to put into it. The more player, I mean, he's only been there. This is his second year, and they're playing for a title. Like I mean, so this is a uh, a team that it's going to merit watching, you know, going forward. And then the last thing on this. Just how good is the coaching in the Big Ten going to be? Like, I mean, I, I already regard it as the most difficult coaching conference in the country. I think it exposed Scott Frost pretty quickly as to why he was going to struggle. Uh, and now you're adding four, you know, really good coaches to the mix that are going to, to challenge in different ways. But, man, right now DeBoer just looks like a shining star. And that's great for the conference. And it's great for college football because he's somewhere that isn't, you know, a, a normal school. I think it's good to have good teams out in the Pacific Northwest. And I really hope this Oregon-Washington thing continues because I think that's great for football too. Uh, Shafe, I was talking about this earlier with Andrew. I asked Bill Bender of the Sporting News about this as well. How short is the list of players that you would take, or excuse me, of coaches that you would take over Kalen DeBoer at this point? I mean, uh, you're, it's got to be a pretty short list, right? Like, again, every season he's ever been the head coach for has been a success for that organization, regardless of what level it's at. And by success, again, I don't think he's lost. Like, I think he's had at least nine wins in every season of his career. Except 2020 no with the, because of the COVID shortened year. Yeah. yeah, but he's never lost more than three games in a season ever. Yeah. I mean, that's just – yeah, that's incredibly remarkable. Yeah, I mean, when you when you sit and list it out, it's probably easily in the top ten. He's already skied past guys that I like in James Franklin and some other coaches that have done well, but he's already doing more. I mean, and so, and I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a TCU, you know, Dyke situation where I think he's a solid coach, but it kind of was a a magical season. Like I think this is a sustainable thing that's happening at Washington. I think this is a a real offense that's going to be problematic. Um, So 
I, I mean, I don't know that I can put a number exactly on it, but certainly somewhere in the top 10, probably inching towards the, you know, top six in, in that neighborhood. I mean, there's still some really good coaches out there, but he is definitely uh, going to be one that we're going to talk about a lot. It's it's definitely hard to talk yourself into very many of them over him at this point, though. <laughs> like, we were, yeah. we were trying to. Uh, I maybe got three. Yeah, especially when you consider age. Like, if, you, if you're talking about moving forward since, you know, Saban's in his early 70s, um, you know, obviously a lot of people would still take Saban, but if you're looking for a guy kind of from here moving forward, man, I, I think you get to, like, three maybe four guys yeah i mean it's and here's the thing we don't even know what the future is going to necessarily look like there and the the big 10 is going to get really interesting uh in terms of you you know what does it look like for ryan day especially if things happen at michigan that's expected with jim harbaugh and then he's no longer there and then the the target gets even bigger while you're adding these these other schools so um it's it's going to be a fascinating to, to see kind of how it all plays out with the conference. And it'll be fascinating to see how Kalen DeBoer handles all that change. And the thing is, Will Rogers coming in, that's a guy that can sling it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I'm expecting any kind of massive drop-off for that offense because he's not going to have Michael Penix. I mean, he's still going to have an air show next year for sure. And a great last name on the back of the jersey. Uh, <laughs> now, Shafe, as, let's, let's move away from Washington for a moment and, and look at Michigan. Um, one piece of this whole puzzle, and at least making a, a local connection here, is Ernest Hausman and uh, the work that he's done. How excited are you just to, to see him living out his dream of going to the national championship? Yeah, I'm really happy for Ernest. I mean, you think about it, he made that decision last year, which wasn't an easy one, um, and he he locked in on Michigan right away. And there is a school that I know going back to his recruitment that he had a lot of interest in, and he never was able to visit because it was during the COVID time period where visits weren't available, and he committed to Nebraska relatively early on. I mean, I think this is a guy that's going to be playing football on Sundays. I think he's going to have some really big football ahead of him. Uh, and it's one of those that, as weird as this is going to sound, I think Nebraska would have really benefited to, to keep him, but it worked out, I think, pretty well for everybody, you know, that he, he ends up moving on. It's been great for him at Michigan, and Nebraska didn't miss a beat, you know, at linebacker. Now, as you look at it, would you love to have him right now as your depth is what it is at linebacker? Sure, but this is just one of those scenarios where I think it's uh, going to work out for, for everybody, and I I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see Ernest Hausman as one of the top linebackers in the country, you know, moving forward into next year. Shafe, you mentioned Harbaugh quickly there, and I didn't want to just roll over it there. So it sounded like you you don't expect Harbaugh to be back at Michigan next year. Did I understand I that correctly? Two, yeah, I mean, you have multiple NCAA investigations going on. I mean, I think it's it certainly seems like there was uh, – some potential for misleading with the recruiting one that happened. And we're talking about recruiting violations during COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, which we know the NCAA is going to take a pretty dim view on to begin with. Uh, You look at what happened in the Arizona state staff, Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and what they did there. And then you throw in everything with this and it's just, it's hard to imagine, you know, like this is a guy coaching in a championship game who missed the front end of the season and the back end of the season. <laughs> the suspensions. Like, it'd be really hard for me to sit here and be like, well, Jim Harbaugh is going to be back as a head coach at Michigan next year. Like, I just don't, don't know how that happens. Um, and how the NCAA sort of allows that to happen. If you continue to be under investigation for 
these things. Shafe, I'm assuming you mean you think he'll move on to the NFL, or do you think? Yeah, that... I, I think he's going to move on to the okay, NFL. Okay, yeah. So I'll the Pete Carroll approach? Yeah, I mean, I you know, stay ahead of uh, what you need to. And yeah, the, the, the mobs, <laughs> the mobs at mean, the gates. It's time to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, I, it, like there's, there's no shortage of teams that would be interested. I'm sure in in Jim Harbaugh, and I think you start right with the the Vegas uh, Raiders. I mean, they've they've had interest in Jim Harbaugh for like the last ten years, and it just hasn't worked out. And so maybe uh, maybe this is who you know starts things over in Vegas. You're innocent until proven guilty. What's that? So do you think he's jealous of his brother, and that's why he wants to get back to the NFL? I mean, he did beat him in a Super Bowl. You have to, you know. Right. Maybe he heads back to uh, California and hangs but out with But he has a lot of NFL Chargers success, job. too. Yeah, and, and we talked about that as well. Like, for a guy that was only in the NFL for four years, he won 70% of his games. So it's not like he'll, he'll, he'll be the number one option if he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. No question, right? Yeah, I mean, he. the, the thing is – I. I thought it was going to happen with Minnesota a couple years ago, and they completely decided against that, I think because the personality fit just wasn't quite there with the Wilfs and, and with Harbaugh, who wears people out. I mean, that's the thing. Like, there will be – whenever he leaves from Michigan, <laughs> he is a tough there hang. will be the stories. <laughs> there will certainly be the stories about what it was like there and how there's a culture shift no matter who the next coach is going to be because that's just what it is. Uh, but he gets he gets success. I mean, pretty much everywhere he goes. And I, I'll be fascinated, you know, what this picture all looks like. And I'm going to be really curious, you know, if Michigan ends up crowned champion. What a bizarre season! I mean, they they go from start to finish with everything that came up. I mean, you even forget about it. Like Blake Corm has that great game last night. I mean, the man was aligned in a vacuum sales controversy uh-huh. like you know like how weird is this year and it could end with them as champions and then you know he is potentially moving on to a different job because it's not assured he's going to be allowed to coach in 2024 what a bizarre strange sport but he'd still and how lucky are we that we have a front row seat to it all the time like it's fantastic yeah it is quite the uh quite the incredible storylines with with harbaugh with Washington, the whole shebang. I don't know that we could ask for a whole lot more in terms of a college football playoff and uh, a national championship in our in our last year of the four-team playoff. Shafe, is there anything that you're – is there something specific you're looking forward to the most as we leave this era of the college football playoff and move into the 12-team as this whole college football thing continues to evolve? I think we've seen in the the four team era at least some organizations having better opportunities to make the playoffs and to you know perform there and then grow, uh, and I think that's only going to get better once you get to the twelve team. I think you're going to have um, more diverse years of champions. You're going to have less kind of just like. Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. You know, it's like it's going to be, I think, split up a little bit more because when you seem like you have 12 chances to to go play for a title effectively, it's going to make more schools seem like more options for the top talent, and that disperses a little bit. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of an NFL style thing where you're going to have these great teams that are going to have to try to get through a playoff, and that's not always the easiest thing in the world, and the playoffs job is not to determine who is the single greatest team in any one season 
it's to determine a champion and to be the champion, you got to win the games when they matter. And that's what happens, you know, in the NFL. And we're going to see these, you know, whether it's the 49ers or the Ravens, there's going to be one seeds that falter at some point. It happens almost every year. And so I think that's good for the sport overall. I think it's easier as a college football fan when you think of the 12 team model that your team could have an actual opportunity to play in a game that really matters in the month of December and January. And that's not true for a lot of fan bases. They have to kind of talk themselves into like, okay, I really care about this because, you know, this happened or whatever it is. But think about how many teams, you know, would have been playing in in playoff games this year. Their games would have mattered a little bit more. Think about how much fun it'll be to go from an experience like last night where you're really excited about the games that you watched that there's more of them. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and there's going to be clunkers in there because that's just how this works. But man, I just think it's, it's better overall. And we have so much conversation about what's wrong with the sport. What a great display yesterday was to show you what is still great. And that's when you get fun matchups and good teams and diverse style of play across those two games and it just led to a really awesome day for the sport. Outside of all the commercial breaks. But parody <laughs> is the point of that whole thing. Parody. Yes. Good parody for the sport. Shafe, um, at least the last thing from me, we did a few New Year's resolutions for this Husker football team. I'm not going to ask for your personal New Year's oh, okay. resolutions. Uh, so you can throw away that sticky note. Go over to Mine's the Mine's always to spend more time with my phone. And people <laughs> get really weirded out by it. <laughs> Only shave. Only shave. <laughs> what are your Husker football, uh, or, or at least your number one Husker football resolution? Yeah, I mean, like, where do you even start? There's got to be like 700 that you. <laughs> well, we had four on each of our lists, but we were only able to get to one, so only you are only able to get to one, too. <laughs> okay, that's, that's the fair. only way to make this that's fair. fair. I mean, well, we'll just we'll start with this one, like. Finish the task at hand, you know, like you have an opportunity to finish out a game, go finish a game, whether that's on offense, go finish the drive to get points. If that's on defense and it was on defense for most of the year, get a critical stop, get off the field, give yourself the chance to win the game, you know, go stop Maryland, go stop Wisconsin, go stop Iowa, go stop Minnesota. When the chips were down, go get a stop, go win the game, go do something to win the game. Stop thinking the win is just going to happen if you stick around long enough. Like You have to go create these things. Uh, and that's what I just feel like we haven't seen a Nebraska program do in some time. They're good at hanging around. They're not good at going out and winning the football game. And winners win, and that's what Nebraska wants to be. So go finish games. Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7. Schaefer, we appreciate your time as always. Happy New Year. We uh Appreciate you always joining us, and I'm sure we'll hear plenty more from you in 2024. All right, guys. Have a good one. Each week. See you, Shafe. That's our guy, Mike J. Schaefer. And if you didn't see him in 2023, you need to go out to Pratt Dental in North Platte, Nebraska in 2024 because they've got the BioClear method, method and modern smile design. It can correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments such as crowns. You have less time waiting, less invasive, fewer, import, uh, fewer appointments because they can do multiple restorations in the same day. It's the first dentist in Nebraska to be certified for the BioClear method. You can give them a call at Pratt Dental, 308-221-2800, or 
head over to the website to learn more about the BioClear method, prattdental.com slash bioclear-dental-treatment, or just hit prattdental.com, that's P-R-A-T-T, dental.com, under services, you'll find the BioClear method to learn all you can. Coming up next, we're going to get to a, I know it's not a Monday, but it's kind of our Monday. We're going to get to a sports cleanup here because a lot has happened since we were last on the air. And we'll get to 3% of all of those things in the sports. Yeah, we will get to almost none of it, but we will do our best. Coming up next here on Herd at Sports Radio.